I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and we're discussing The Matrix Resurrections. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And with The Matrix Resurrections, we return to a world of two realities. One is everyday life, the other what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a physical or mental construct, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the white rabbit once more. And if Thomas or Neo, has learned anything, it's that choice, while an illusion, is still the only way out of or into the Matrix. Are you keeping up, everybody? Neo knows what he has to do, but what he doesn't know is the Matrix is stronger, more secure, and more dangerous than ever before. The Matrix Resurrections is directed by Lana Wachowski from a screenplay by Wachowski, David Mitchell and Alexander Hemon. The Matrix Resurrection stars, of course, Keanu Reeves, Carrie-Anne Moss, Christina Ritchie, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Jonathan Groff, Neil Patrick Harris, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II and Jada Pinkett Smith. So one thing I really loved about this sequel that is, what, how many years in the making? 18? 18 since 2003's 
the Matrix revolutions. Right. So it's straight into the action, which is what you want, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. When you're coming in to watch a Matrix film, you want to be blown away as quickly as possible. Exactly. And the Matrix has certainly had an upgrade since the first films, don't you think? Mm. And what kind of upgrade? Well, it's more dangerous. It's more evolved. There's a lot more going on in this film. There really is. And the franchise has to justify its return after it's been so long, like we said, 18 years, especially when you have a trilogy that had come to completion. Do you think it justified its return with this upgrade, this more dangerous, complex matrix? I'm not sure it gives us anything new to think about. I mean, when you think about Mm. the first three films and what they delivered, you know, this cyberpunk philosophical masterpiece, basically, that was groundbreaking in what it delivered. Mm. It was always going to be hard to live up to those three. Yeah. And does it do enough to justify its existence? I don't know. I'm bouncing around on either side of the fence here. Yeah, I appreciate that because I I am in the same boat as you. Like for me, Lee, this story doesn't really add anything interesting to the franchise. Mm. In continuing the story like in any real scope, it feels like it's leaning into the territory that the Terminator franchise has gone back to time and time again, flogging a dead horse and trying to grab your attention, make more money from an original story that has already come to completion. Just trying to re-reboot, reevaluate, reassess mm. a story. And it doesn't really offer anything particularly exciting. Oh, I don't know about that. I think there were some exciting moments in there and we'll get to those. But it definitely hits a lot of the same beats as the first film. So, you know, is Neo the saviour? Can he be trusted to save humankind from the Matrix? Can humans beat the Matrix even? Mm. You know, all those questions are asked once again. I've got one word to describe this film, and I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. I found this film so meta. Oh. But did you think it was meta to a fault? There, That's been bandied around a fair bit in terms of early reviews. You know, mm. the machines, to give a bit of background, have programmed Thomas Anderson to be an award-winning game designer and creator of this award-winning video game called The Matrix. <laughs> Three games yes. even. Three games. So each of the games is based on the films that have come before in this Mm. franchise. So The Matrix, The Matrix Reloaded, The Matrix Revolutions. Yeah, that's very meta, very, very meta. And Warner Brothers has this thing recently of taking the piss out of itself. Right. But it's really just succeeding in reminding us that it's a mega machine of its own. So we had it in Space Jam where they really took the piss out of themselves. And here, Warner Brothers as a parent company wants a sequel to the Matrix game trilogy that returns to the game in a fresh and innovative way. So then this long montage happens where the team argue about what people actually want out of a Mm. sequel to the Matrix. Do they want bigger and better action or just a lot of nostalgia crammed in and callbacks? And I think... What that harkens back to is that we get a mix of both in this film. There's a couple of quotes that stand out from that scene, Mm. which is one of the game designers says, we need another bullet time, right? Which is that iconic moment at the end of the first Matrix where Neo kind of, he does the limbo back and dodges all these bullets. Yeah. But the, the quote that stood out the most for me was nothing comforts anxiety like a little nostalgia. And there were so many winks to the audience constant, self-referential 
just an odd comedic tone that was almost pointing fun at the fact that they were making this movie at all. Mm. And it made me really uncomfortable. And I was like, why are they doing this? It was a bit of a joke to me. How did, how did you feel, Lee? You think they went too far in that direction? Oh, my God. They went to the ends of the earth and beyond too far from my mm. perspective. It's a tough one to break down so soon after watching it. We've only seen it the previous evening to our recording. Yeah. And there are so many layers at play here. You know, on the surface, yes, it's very tongue-in-cheek, poking fun of itself, maybe a little too much. But there is a lot of exciting stuff happening here. And I think I need a second or third watch to fully appreciate it, to be honest. Really? Okay, so you're willing to go back in, go back into the Matrix to have (laughs) another... Have another go. But I think maybe I'd watch the first three first again and then follow it up with this one. Well, they constantly keep almost imitating the original. They're constantly referring to it Mm. verbally and certainly visually. It's almost like the two films are playing concurrently against each other to make sense of or to add context to the complex and, dare I say again, complex plot of this Mm. film to give it relevance and justify what the hell's going on and how they're choosing to bring Neo and Trinity back into the fold. Yeah, that's one thing that I did struggle with. There's a huge amount of jargon and exposition to follow along with. Yeah, I really struggled with that. Okay, I'm going to go on with this headline. I'm I'm curious again to hear your thoughts. Mm. This, Lee, did not feel like a Matrix film. How so? It it felt like a tacked on element of it, maybe a spin-off. Like Mm. there were so many things that didn't feel like I was watching a complimentary film within this story arc, within this trilogy. It didn't feel like the fourth film in this Mm. franchise. Yeah. Well, it is a reboot, isn't it? So they kind of are going in a different direction. I'm going to counter what you're saying with talking about the first act, mm-hmm. which is really, really exciting stuff, I thought. You know, lots of big ideas and actions setting us up in this world and how they're going to bring it together and bring Neo and Trinity together, who the new players are in Jonathan Groff and Neil Patrick Harris. You know, I found that first act really enthralling. And, you know, cool set pieces and satirical humour. But I don't think the climax lived up to that setup. So I'm almost on the complete opposite end. I was so lost in the first act. I found it really hard to grapple. It didn't settle with me. I found it quite, oh, is the word insulting too rough? I just felt like they were taking the piss too much. Right. And I was like, hey, I didn't sign up for this stuff. But I do agree with you, though, Lee. There were some really compelling elements to it. I love the direction that they chose to go in. There were really interesting things. Completely agree. I just don't think they got it right. Okay, yeah. I could see a message at its core, and I'm not sure if it was the right message that they were trying to put across or not, but I really liked the whole love is the biggest driving force that we have as humans. Sure. You know, whereas the first three films were all about, are we really in charge of our destiny? Mm. You know, do the choices we make make any difference? Do we even have a choice? Is this even our reality? All those huge ideas. And I like that they simplified this one down to, you know, love as a driving force. And do you know where the inspiration for Lana Wachowski came from to bring us back into the world of The Matrix. I'd like to share a quote from her because it's actually quite 
beautiful. It certainly where it came from is, is really moving. She says that one night I woke up and I was in a lot of pain mm. and in the grief that I was experiencing with my parents dying, my brain wanted to imagine a story that would be soothing. And so these two characters that were dead, my brain one night just resurrected them and brought them to life, Neo and Trinity. And I immediately responded to this hook of an idea that I woke up with and I went downstairs and I just started writing it. It's a really beautiful way that she was Mm. like, I'm ready to go back to the Matrix and tell a continuation of the story of Neo and Trinity. And love, Mm. as you said, is absolutely at the core of this film, I agree. What's also really prominent in this film are the gravity-defying aerial stunts. They're back. They're back. Incredible. (laughs) I thought they were amazing. You know, Keanu and Carrie Anne, they do all their own stunts. They get straight into the thick of it. And you can see it, right? It gives such visceral reaction for you that you see them doing it. It's amazing. I'm not surprised because Keanu Reeves is the king of the game movie stunts. He's really great and exciting to watch when he's doing that physical stuff, when he's in that space. Oh, yeah. And he hasn't slowed down, has he, Lee? Because he's already up to John Wick Chapter 4, which hasn't come out yet. And that is an incredibly physical action adventure franchise and he certainly is using that experience over the last 20 years in bringing some fucking badass action to the franchise again. I found the special effects and stunts were just out of this world. I really, especially in that first act, I'll say again, I really, really enjoyed them. I think they could have Mm. done more with the climax, unfortunately, but I did like kind of where it went. The practical effects are insane too. I'm not sure they have the same finesse as the first movies did, but it was exciting to watch, you know, cars being thrown around and people Mm. flipping off walls and all that jazz. You know, what's really different aesthetically about this film is Lana Wachowski decided to shoot with as much natural light as possible. Doesn't it give a really unique visual stamp on this fourth film that we haven't seen in any of the others. Yeah, it does. It grounds it more in reality. It's quite powerful. The visuals... And you can absolutely tell that it's shot in natural light because it offers you something that you can't get, you can't fabricate with studio Mm. lighting. How much did you love seeing Keanu and Carrie-Anne Moss together again? I Look, I've been so fond of this franchise for as long as I can remember and it was so great to see them on on screen together. Were you satisfied with with the reunion? Oh, yeah, definitely. They have such great chemistry on screen. I really, really enjoyed it. The only thing is... Keanu seemed to be a little bored Mm. in this movie. You know, his character is very weary. He's very worn down. And that was tough to get on board with, especially when he didn't really shift out of that gear. I agree. I wouldn't so far as to say he was phoning it in, but I guess my issue with Keanu's performance was that it came across way too comical, especially in that first act. A bit goofy? Goofy, yeah. That's, yes, that's the word. It was just odd to see him throwing all these sort of really awkward, unfunny jokes at you. It didn't feel like Thomas Mm. Anderson. It didn't feel like Neo. But then again, he was playing a different kind of iteration of that character. So I guess you had to run with it. Yeah. But he was still Neo. (laughs) You know, where we left off with Neo, he's this grand hero who accepted his fate and stepped up to the plate. And it was just really hard to gel with a Neo or Thomas Anderson that just wasn't really in that space anymore. No, he was a bit of a hot mess, wouldn't you say? Yeah. He was grappling with a lot. Which is fine, but you want him to get back to that point. Yeah, I agree. 
You kind of did in the end, I guess. Just the very, very end, though. It took a long time for it to get you there, though. Two and a half hours, Mm. might I add. (laughs) Quite a long time to wait. So the worst kept secret is that Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is Morpheus. Mm -hmm. But they've actually found a really clever way to explain how that works. And I found it really believable and a nice touch. We can't really go into too much more detail than that, but I will say he's actually a hybrid of two characters, which I thought was very clever. Obviously, we we can't talk any more about it, as you said, but to be honest, I didn't understand it. Okay. So I'm feeling a little lost in terms of his place his Morpheus in this film. Okay. And he was in it and then he wasn't. And I was kind of confused as to why (laughs) that trajectory for his character happened because, like, why was he in there in the first place? Just to add another Jenga to that, one character that really confused me was Priyanka Chopra Jonas. She's a pretty pivotal character, but I couldn't tell you who the hell she really is. I mean, I understood Mm. who the character is on the surface and her connection to the first three films, but not how she fit into this new world. And I think that was a big issue because she was just there briefly, but she was so important and had so much exposition and then she was gone. Yeah, she had a butt ton of exposition, didn't she? I was dizzy after (laughs) one of her scenes. But I still didn't get the significance of it. No, that's lost on me again. I feel like I was just a little lost in Mm. this film. Was I paying enough attention? I thought I was. I just, (laughs) I don't know, just uh, just went over my head (laughs) after this movie. Which probably means, Lee, that I need to watch it another time. Yeah. To, to your earlier point, it kind of needs a second viewing to take it all in. Neil Patrick Harris and Jonathan Groth are a lot of fun to watch. Aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I feel they could have done more with Harris, but Groff especially was a real standout. He was so good in this movie, yeah. I agree. Neil Patrick Harris, I'm not a huge fan of him as an actor, but I loved what he brought to Mm. this film and I wish there was more but I think he got his moment towards the end you could tell how much fun he was having Mm. with his character what he was revealing etc so that was really good to see play out in the movie one person that we really have to call out as being absolutely fantastic is Jessica Henwick who played Bugs Mm. in the Resurrections she was fantastic I love her look, her blue or purple hair, Mm. and she was quite the driver of the story as well. You were kind of her in this film. You were the fan of Neo. She was the fan of Neo. She told him the truth, you know, so you were finding Mm. out the truth from her. So she was very pivotal in the story. She's almost the Morpheus character from the original. that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Because she's the driving factor. She's the crusader. Ooh, crusader, that's a good word to describe her character. All right, Lee, what do you reckon? Should we do our best and wrap up Mm. our review and rate The Matrix Resurrections? Well, do we have a choice? (laughs) You do have a choice. Uh, Nah, you got to do it, (laughs) Soz. Choice is an illusion. (laughs) While I loved returning to this complex action-packed franchise, the joy and level of anticipation I had going in and in the first half wasn't quite met by the end result. I'm really eager to watch the whole series again and better appreciate how this cheeky wink to the franchise and reboot culture fits in. The gravity-defying stunts and callbacks are exciting viewing that fans, like me, will absolutely love. I'm giving The Matrix Resurrections three and a half popcorn kernels. Oh, wow. Okay, well... I'm not sure if I pulled this across in the review, but Lee, I can't tell you how disappointed I am in this film. Wow. You really didn't like it. Do you know what though? 
that seems to be the sentiment. You either love it or you hate it. Yeah, and that's absolutely fine. So here's my take. So I've adored this franchise for over 20 years. And yes, even the sequels that endured a lot of criticism in the early noughties. But The Matrix Resurrections plays out like a bad joke. It obviously had to be the intention, but it didn't work for me. And I feel it won't work for countless others. The plot is so overstuffed and really struggles to find and justify its purpose and relevance to invite us back into the world of The Matrix. There was a good movie in there, somewhere, but I couldn't crack the code. I'm going to rate The Matrix Resurrections to Popcorn Kernels. Crack the code, eh? I'm really bad with technology and computers, so that's just a massive lull for me to throw in there. (laughs) The Matrix Resurrections enters Australian cinemas from December 26. All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Come and join in the conversation. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.